2: everybody. Welcome to a football pod. Of course, I'm David Goss. We are excited coming up in the new year. Devang Desai will be back. And of course, I'm so excited to do shows with him. But we recorded a couple interviews to keep you warm during these cold winter months when we are taking a little bit of a break. And I think this interview has me as excited as any we've ever done because it's someone who I consider a hero and and someone I look up to and, and love supporting and obviously now a champion as well. The head coach and Director of Soccer Operations for Pacific FC, Pa Moduka. Pa, what's up, man?
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you?
2: I'm great. You're on, so that means I'm good. i got soccer on in the background. I'm chilling. It's the holiday season. Everything's slowed down. Are you a fan of this time of year, or as a Norwegian, is this too cold and dark for you?
3: Nah, it's, it's, I'm on the island, so there's there's nothing but the rain, and once in a while, sunny clouds, so... No snow, no nothing, so yeah. And with the pandemic, there's no place we can go, so we're at home. Maybe take a swim in the sea, in the ocean.
2: Take <laughs> a swim? It's like zero degrees out here. Oh, man, you're lucky. It's health.
3: It's good. It's good for the body and soul.
2: I did a I did a dunk in the Arctic Sea once when I was in Helsinki doing the saunas and stuff. You guys can handle way more cold than I can. Yeah, that's
3: a fact. We love it. We enjoy it. We love it and we enjoy it.
2: So let, let's start with Pacific FC, obviously, and what's gone on the last few weeks, and then we'll get into your life and career, and I'll try and jam as much as I can in because I could talk to you for five hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, sports are about a lot of things, right? Groups, teamwork, relationships, all these things. But at their core, they are about winning. You're a champion now. Mm-hmm. Since winning the championship, what's changed in your life? What's changed for you?
3: For me personally, I don't think nothing has changed. I think, um, what may have changed is, um, it's the perception and the view of somebody like me, who is a minority winning a championship to maybe inspire other people like myself to see it and chase after their dream. I think that's, that's the only thing that has changed. But other than that, for me, nothing has changed. It's everything remained the same um, I get to able to spend time with my family now which I'm happy with <laughs> during the course of a season you don't get to do much because you're always on the move you're always traveling you're always going so at the end of the day my my wife is the real MVP because she's hold the foot down and allowed me to chase my dreams so I couldn't be more grateful to that she's also
2: okay with you dancing next to moving cars
3: oh she was the one driving <laughs>
2: I could hear one of your kids in the background.
3: Yeah, actually my youngest one was in the car and then we recorded it a couple of days prior and I'm like, I was saving it for Friday because of the song, but she was the one who was recording and driving the car.
2: Uh, You mentioned in terms of winning what it means for other people. How often when you're going through your day-to-day of coaching, of, of putting this roster together, of playing games, are you thinking about yourself as a role model and what you represent for other people.
3: The best thing I can be is be myself, right? Because in the game of football, we know it in soccer or football, every, there's always this perception. There's always this narrative that we cannot be a certain way. And for me, no, you're supposed to be who you are because who you are defines you. So for me, being authentic, I think is the best thing that you can be, whether good or bad. Because there are always people that are going to like you. There's always going to be people that don't like you. That's that's part of life. But for me, I like being me. And that's the biggest thing also tell the players and people that are surrounding me. Be you. Because that's who you are. That's how you create it. You don't need to be somebody else because the expectation of people is for you to be a certain way. You're supposed to be who you are. That's me you're on this earth.
2: One of the things we talk about a lot with representation is it's hard to see yourself in a role, see yourself... Being successful if you've never seen anyone do it before. For you, yeah. You talk about being yourself and now being a coach. Yeah. Did you have role models like you that you are embodying, or do you feel like you're sort of blazing your own trail of your style?
3: For me, I'm, I'm I don't have a football hero. Never had one. Um, the only one I I I see as an idol and somebody that I see do good things is for me was Muhammad Ali. That that is that is the only one because for what he stood for and how he acted upon it, and for me that was that was that was the only one. And obviously, you read books. Obviously, you see things um, happening around you, right? You are witnessing it. And and again, for me to to see friends uh, that come visit and they were we were chatting. They he was talking to my wife. He said. Man, uh, for him to open the doors for for immigrant people back in Norway and um, being the first one to do it, those things after a while sticks. Because then you then you then you're like, oh yeah, that's true. But me thinking of it, no. But uh, am I aware of my surroundings and things happening in my surroundings? One hundred percent. Am I a role model? I would say no. Why? And the reason why I say no, one is not to get misunderstood. Is People should be their own role model. Yes, you can look into somebody and say, you know what, I like what he's doing. I'll take that. But if everybody is their own role model for the right reason, we live in a better world, right? And the things, some of the things that we see and happening around the world, that can be dealt with in the mannerism of us uh, understanding of what is it to be a human, and being human is about having compassion,ship and love.
2: You brought up representing Norway. I wanted to ask you about this later, but. Yeah. You know, you're leading the convo. And so I'm gonna follow you. <laughs> this is why you're my number 10 today instead of my center back.
3: Oh wow. What an honor.
2: You could be a six. We could you could be a ball playing six that's dictating our play.
3: Yeah, I like it the six. I like the six.
2: All right. So being who you are, your background, moving from Gambia, growing up black, Muslim in Norway. Yeah. When you put on that jersey, did you feel like it represented you? Did you feel like that pride that you think the other players felt, or was it different for you?
3: No, me, I, me, I felt pride because that's just who I am. Norway gave me the opportunity. Uh, I was born and raised in Gambia till I was eight, but Norway gave me the opportunity to become the football player. So I also have to represent with heart and with dignity, and I still do. I'm a Gambian Norwegian, and I'm very proud of it.
2: What What is it that maybe you... Would express to other Norwegians about your experience growing up like that.
3: I mean, obviously, Norway as as when I came to Norway, it was it was obviously different. It's not like it, it was uh, foreigners everywhere, but you know, it was a very uh, accepting nation, culture wise. You know, uh, conservative people, but um, through sports, which for me is the most important, through sports, you know, you get to live. And, and enjoy and people are equal right doesn't matter your gender doesn't matter who you are right because sports doesn't see none of that right sports it's about bringing people and having that unity so through the sports you you get to see society a different way so for me it's 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 I'm I'm grateful I'm truly grateful for Norway opening doors for me um allowing me to live my life as a professional, but as well as, as a soccer coach now. So I have everything to thank for. So let
2: me swing us back to CPL a little and then we'll, we'll probably get back into this. Um, yeah. <laughs> because Your journey has been a unique one to say the least uh, since the championship. So you say nothing's changed for you uh, in terms of the, the celebrations, the moments, the shout outs, the different awards, what's been one of the cooler experiences that you've had since winning the title?
3: And uh, the greatest joy was just to see the boys, you know, how much it meant to them and, uh, and, and the journey that we embarked through these past two years, right? So I took over when in, in 2020, 2019, they had a rough season, rough start of a, a franchise. And then you take over 2020, you get hit by a pandemic, you only play 10 games, right? And then you come to a new season where you go into a bubble for, for a month. And then you get back to your home markets and you get to play, and um, and then you get to see the fans. You see the joy that you bring to their face, and then you crown it being a champion. It's a fantastic feeling, and one that uh, one that we're forever gonna be forever first on the island, bringing back a championship with a group of guys that for the past three years um, they were never given an opportunity elsewhere, and now they're champion. That is the for me the greatest feeling. That's why the. The time that I enjoyed was uh, was actually when as soon as the whistle went. I don't know if people see like you see the cameras, but you see me just looking up to the sky and just, that was my moment. That was my moment to enjoy. And obviously coming back home and uh, see my wife and see my two kids with the trophy, I think that was also the greatest joy after seeing, seeing our players uh, and the organization, how much it meant to them and as well for the island.
2: Is there any shout out that you were surprised by or touched by specifically, or, you know, you were like, Oh yeah, that, that's really cool.
3: Yeah. I mean, obviously how, how it meant, how much it meant for our fan base, you know, how much it meant for the people, because that's what I say, like we serve the people and the people are the fans and the people that care about the club. So to see how much it meant for them, for me, it was like, it was wonderful and something that uh, I will be ever be grateful for as well as the players. Cause I have a video where where one of the players, uh, Matthew Baldissimo, it was after the celebration, um, we ride him back home, and he was and he was talking to me, and right, and and the things that he was saying was hilarious, but also truly appreciative. You know, it was then then you see how much also it meant to them being a champion and truly believing in that we could do it.
2: You've connected with this community so quickly. You obviously played for the Vancouver Whitecaps, but. Uh, you've moved around a lot. I wonder what's your <laughs> process in terms of, of how do you find your feet in a new community in a new place? Uh, do you do research? Is it just going out and talking to people? How do you make that happen?
3: Uh, the the researcher in the family is my wife. My my wife does the researches, uh, areas, people, and me. I never do. I'm like I'm always up for a, uh, I'm always up for adventure. So is she, but uh, she's more calculated. Me, in that I'm a little bit free-flowing and, and I do believe that wherever um, I am going, uh, it's my job to to go into the communities, to understand the communities and talk to the communities for them to get a better understanding of me. And that give me also the teaching of, okay, on the, I understand them better. I know maybe what will drive them, things that they love to see and in their players or in their coach. So, you know, for me, it's always being together with the fans and um, and and the community because the community is is football. These are the things that you live and die by.
2: It's one of the special things about the game, right? It's so global. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Personally, like I use it as a prism to meet people. Yes, it's, it's an entry into a community. So it, it makes sense that it would work for you being a, a pretty great footballer. I'm
3: pretty, I'm pretty great? Good. I don't know. I did. I did. I did good for myself. Yes. <laughs>
2: Does your wife put together a fact sheet? Because I've I've heard you talk about the former World Cup players from the area, oh, yeah. you know, the history of the game. Does she does she lay that all out for you on note cards? No,
3: no, don't, no. She she's more on the family side. When it comes to the soccer side, that is me because I love the game and I love the history of the game. So so for that part, it's it's that 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 side is me. But how we leave things to do uh, for family reason, that's all my wife. That is that is that is our side of it, and when it comes to the game, she also she's my uh, she's my biggest uh, critique. Perfect. You know when we play well, when we don't play well, so and me I enjoy it because I know it's always coming from a good heart, you know, and things if I do some things that I'm not supposed to do either way. So for that support, I would I'm uh, I'm always forever grateful. You know, it's always good to have that on your corner, and. she's she's never satisfied. Whatever we do it's like, she pushed me a lot, which, which I truly enjoy as well.
2: But you have moved a ton. What's your biggest piece of advice to people who are moving to a foreign place?
3: Wow. If that one is a tough one. If you move into a foreign place, I always say, get to know the culture, get to know the people, right? Don't be shy. Be, be out there. Get to understand the people because you are coming to people. So it's not their job to integrate you. It's your job to integrate yourself.
2: Okay, that's a really good one. It also helps that you speak like nineteen languages, so you can talk to everyone. Nah, yeah,
3: but with languages, that's what I tell people. With languages, you just gotta be out there. That's what I said to people: is that you gotta be out there. Languages are tough. It's it's never easy. Maybe I was born with a gift, but I do believe that be out there, go speak to people, and. Meet them, make mistakes, you know, make fun of yourself. If you cannot make fun of yourself, then, then you don't learn, right? For me, that's a big thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm a head coach, but still doesn't mean that I cannot enjoy being who I am. And I think that that's the most, sometimes the most difficult thing for people. I am very much comfortable in my own skin. So that's the, that's the only thing. I can be me.
2: I could ask you about all these places you've lived, but one that sticks out to me for you is Saudi Arabia. And obviously what it means as a place, you know, in the Muslim world, what was it like when you finally got there and you spent some time playing in KSA?
3: Uh, their domestic league is very strong. People don't realize that. I think it's the strongest league in in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Their league is very strong. But living in there, obviously you... you there's a lot of stuff that uh, for the outside world they don't see and people talk, talk a lot. Yes, it is, it is a different country towards uh, what the Western world, their values, the other the piece that people do. But I mean, I think changes are coming around the world, uh, places where women cannot drive, but now they're opening to it. More women are driving. I think um, that is very huge and important. Uh, for society as well i think um but it is a it is a different place it's it's, it's a lot of things that you see that you like okay wow well, for example me being a muslim being able to go to to pilgrim to the hajj and you see all oh, millions of people it was it was an eye opener for myself and my wife you know these things you only see but get to witness it was fantastic and uh, it is it is a massive massive country it is a massive massive country the size of the country is massive so for our games it's not it's not like in qatar where within 20 minutes uh, i can i can be at a stadium here you're talking about flying right flying for hours so it is it is a massive country but a country that taught me a lot as well you know things things you see, things you take for granted, but it's not for other people. So you learn, and I learned a lot in that country, but I truly enjoyed it. Not so much for my wife because uh, I was looked at as her chauffeur. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the crazy part, right? Uh, You talk about differences, right? Me being in Saudi, uh, people thought, uh, people like myself, uh, they were not supposed to be in maybe in a in a certain roles because mm-hmm. yeah, we were looked at differently. So uh, when I was with my wife, they viewed me as a chauffeur or somebody that uh, is a helper at home. So when we went to the, to the groceries and, and me, yeah, I'm standing next to her and then the question is, but why isn't he packing the bag? So why is he not doing that? And then you pay and then it's like, huh? Okay. He's a, uh, what is he? And then you start speaking their language. It's like, huh? Okay. So again, the perception and, and narrative of what people have in certain ways, but it was a great learning point, but my wife couldn't drive. So that was a little bit sad for her and she couldn't get out if I was not out. So that part also we learned. So you learn a little bit about when you have certain freedom or certain things that you take for granted in other places, it's not.
2: Yeah. It's definitely a unique experience. Yeah. I don't know that there's anything else in the world like it. Which is why it stood out to me. I'm curious, what was going through your mind? What was that experience like?
3: I mean, and that's why you. That's why me. I'm grateful because through football, I get to go to places. Because normally, you go to Hajj when you, mm-hmm. when you have saved enough money or you have uh, wealth where you can do it. Because it's part of the five uh, Saka that you have to do. So for me to be able to do the true football uh, with my wife and see it and experience it is something unique and something, like I said, that I will forever be grateful, you know. So those are the things that when you go to places, it was there for us and our, our team was in Makkah, So that makes it even more special. So that's why I'm grateful for these uh, football experiences.
2: I wanted to ask you one more about this and and then we'll get back to this. I promise you you've talked about, you know, representation and what you stand for as a black head coach Mm -hmm. in a unique situation, or unfortunately as, you know, part of that minority. Um, But we don't hear a ton about being a Muslim player or coach. uh, And you're very open about your faith and, and what it means to you and, and how it affects you. What do you say to, to young Muslim boys, girls, transgender, whatever it is, who, uh, want to get into football and soccer and, and maybe how you manage your faith and your religion and that schedule and that experience with trying to get to the top.
3: For me, I respect all religions because what I always say is like, did we all get the message? Because there were messengers. Did we all receive the message? And if we all received the message, then we know that religion is and faith is you know, it's about respect. it's about being, It's about love. It's about being compassionate. It's not about your color, it's not about anything, because that's what it's about. Muslim is the youngest uh, faith, but it's about love. It gives you choices. What choices are you willing? Life choices, which choices do you want to make? Good or bad? You're okay living with that. That's what Muslim is. And for me, that's why I say religion and tradition, is two different stuff. That's something that people should not bring in, right? The Muslim faith, the Jewish faith, the Hindu, everything, is about love and compassion right so for me being a muslim i should not act differently because of what the perception of being a muslim is right we have we have good muslims we have bad muslims we have good christians we have bad christians for me it's about who do you want to be right be the person that you want to be because you live here on this earth when you're gone you're gone what do you want to leave behind you? And for me, I believe in leaving a legacy behind for people to see that um, at least he was a good person. He, he tried to do good things. That's the only thing for me. Like I'm not here to judge nobody. I'm not here to say anything, but I do believe that man, me being a Muslim should not stop me. That's that's my faith, and a, and a faith I'm very proud of. So whatever I'm proud of, I'm, I'll never hide it. Because that's, it's just me. Then I'm asking to hide my identity. Right. So so being a Muslim doesn't need to freak people out. And that's the and, and that's the cool part. If I don't talk about it or be about it, people don't know it until they ask me. They say, oh, now they act surprised because maybe the perception of what is it to be a Muslim and what is associated with, but that shouldn't be that if it makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So for me I'm I'll not hide who I am. Yeah, absolutely.
2: No, there there are obviously those negative connotations, but mm-hmm. it is, I know growing up Jewish and, and religious in, in my community, and I think it's even less, but um, you know, there are these moments where people just assume things. People order a meal exactly. for everyone, They don't ask what you eat. Or people are like, oh, I can give you off for the holidays. And it's like, well, I don't need <laughs> off in, in December. I need off in September. And so it's those things which I think people don't think about. And then no. I think in Islam, it's even more, different at times than what Western society has become. And so I'm always curious coming up as a player, like how did you deal with Ramadan talking to, you know, your coaching staffs and and your medical trainers as you became an adult player?
3: We had a plan because they they, they understood because when you explain to people and they understand it, then it becomes easy. So they understood it's part of my faith, it's something I do. And because you think about it, for 11 months, you get to eat, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Like in the terms of food and all of this stuff, right? So God is asking you, could you give me a month where you understand the choices of not having food, choices of not having water? And that becomes because also that was Abraham did, right? Abraham had to sacrifice for his, to see whether God, uh, whether he had faith in God, you know, he asked him to sacrifice his son. So those are the things that God is asking you and who am I not to be able to give a month. And if we're talking about hours, we're talking about 24 hours, we're talking about hours where you just understand what is it not to have food and drink like homeless people. You go days without eating. So how does that feel like? And then you appreciate what is it that you have.
2: And all your clubs that you've been with? Have worked with you on
3: that? Oh yeah, we they know. Yeah, they work. They, they the the nutrition they give me stuff, but also I cooked. My wife she helps me, you know. She 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 organizes everything for me, and it's the only month where let's say I don't need to do anything at home. <laughs> right. Yeah. I like, come home after practice or working straight sleep or doing something else, but still I try to do something with the family because even though. It's Ramadan that shouldn't stop me from doing stuff, right? And after years and years of practice, it just become easy. It just become natural. It's just like intimate fasting. That's another way to look at it. It's just intimate fasting.
2: <laughs> it, it's always fascinated me. Uh, and we've talked about it a little bit before, but uh, it's such a unique thing in, in the world. And then you add in the sports and and the way sports science happens now, and they're recording every single crumb you put in your mouth over the course of the year. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. you have this unique setup. So you talked a little bit about legacy mm-hmm. um, before. And one of the things you, you've you you've built your team on and, and you've stated that matters to you is giving young players opportunities and, and looking at this specific FC roster that has been the case. Um, it's a conversation we have fairly often and we don't, no one's perfected it yet, but with young players, where does the balance come between winning and deserved opportunity and pushing players. How have you, maybe over these two years and, and in this championship run, what have you seen or learned or, or where you land in terms of when is a player ready? How do you get a young player opportunity while also still sticking to your promise, which was to your ownership group, I'm gonna win a championship.
3: Yeah, that is, that, is, that is based upon, again, values of who you are and the belief that you install in your players and the value that you yourself believe in that you can achieve. Because I always say this what you believe of yourself is what you become. And you're supposed to go through challenges, we're supposed to face adversity. If we if if we all had the right answer, we all we've all been psychic, no, to win stuff. But the balance is finding with young players is nowadays young cannot teach young. So it's up to the coach, if you're going young, to, to fully balance it, believe it, trust it, and work it, and give him the opportunity. Because it is, it is, a, it is not easy in today's world where everybody wants to win. But I always say it's easy in MLS, in the sense of MLS in North America. Why? There's no relegation. You're not playing, no relegation. So that that gives you the time to, if you have a process and you trust it, to work on it. So that's no excuse. It's it's the external, when the external start making uh, talks and everything that people actually in the internal start, okay, now we got to do something. But if you truly believe that you want to achieve something, you got to believe in it. And also you got to allow time for people to do that. When I came to the ownership group, it wasn't right. We developed players. Why shouldn't we? Because everybody was a young player before, even including myself. I got my chance at 16. Was I ready to play at 16? No. Definitely not. Did I have to go through some challenges, some adversities? 100%. Did it shape me? 100%. So why shouldn't I not give it to the young player, knowing that they're going to experience some of the things, courtship that I experienced? And for me, that is, that is where the difference is. For me, it's not about winning. I don't care about winning. Because those winning actually care about us.
2: But you do win, so it works out for you. Yeah.
3: It did work out, but for me, the whole package is, and that's what I say, after you win and you see how these kids are, and now they finally understand, now they get it. Okay, this is what he's been preaching about. This is what winnings feel like. This is what is achieving something together. And and for me, that's why I say the growth is the most important thing. Not even winning, the growth of how you can change people's life uh, for the rest of their career. Our boys being champions is something that will live for their life. It's something that will open doors for them, for other clubs. You know, those other opportunities. Those are the things that for me that that that's the way that I see it, you know. That is the way I see it. So when it comes down to that and giving these young kids the opportunity, I always will do it. Because I'm not afraid of Because that's what you do. I'm in a position to, to help young kids achieve their dream. Then who am I not to give them the opportunity and fight for it, fight for it so that they understand what they got to do. So for me, I will always do it. I always believe in it and I will never change my mindset about it.
2: Since you've been in North America since I think 2013 was when you came over, obviously Portland and Vancouver and now in the CPL. It, it it feels like we're seeing young players get more opportunity, right? Obviously from the national teams down in Canada and the US, that's that's been the big theme. Is it that players are getting more opportunity or have you seen a change in the development process and where players are at at a younger age?
3: Football is always evolution, right? It is always changing. And and when I came to MLS, it was a league of experience, right? Which is one of the most valuable thing you can have. But it was all the players and you and you fast forward eight years later, you're seeing more and young players coming in, right? You see clubs like Dallas bringing young players. You see clubs like uh, Philadelphia. And also you are seeing people have more and more respect for what MLS is doing because we are seeing more and more North American players go into Europe and having success. And when you have those components in it, people will take notice. And you have people like Jonathan David from Canada, uh, Pulisic, not to mention Afonso Davis. So you have, with those three transfers. Say, you
2: you got to mention your little brother. You can't leave him out.
3: No, I will never leave my little brother out. But you take Fonzie, who went for 20, 20 million. Imagine Fonzie stayed another year and still continues development. So today, Fonzie would have been worth what? To leave the MLS. Right, but imagine Fonzie now being by from another club. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to cost you. So Pulisic went for 75. Jonathan David went for 30, 40 million. Fonzie for 20. So in three years, North America, not to mention all others, but they made transfer of over 120 million on three players. Two of them who actually didn't even play in North America. Yeah. Two of them didn't actually get no professional debut in North America. That's for me, is crazy. That just shows you the landscape of North America and where soccer can bring both nations, Canada and the U.S., and seeing them in this CONCACAF region and how well they're doing it in this qualification is fantastic. Right, And people will take more and more interest. That means that the MLS, for me, when you look at the league, within, within the next World Cup, I think MLS will be... If you take away England, obviously Italy, Spain, Germany, France, I think MLS will be the sixth most ranked league in the world for me. That's just my vision, yeah, my opinion. Because the way I'm seeing how the game is continuing its developmental path and where the success is coming from. Because you look now, you got American players in, in the top teams. You have to somebody, Chelsea, um, Stefan in Man City. You're talking about three of the best clubs in whole Europe Mm -hmm. and Americans are there. And you get Fonzie, who's in Bayern. And Jonathan David, in Lille, winning the league, doing well. And there's multiples. uh, Brian Reynolds in Roma. Right? Uh, So there's plenty of North American players that are going to Europe because as well as it's not the money, it's not everywhere and they understood that let's be best in our country first to make a move. And that's what MLS is providing. You see Almiron getting bought for 20 million as well, going there. So it is a league that is in changing. So the evolution is there, right? The landscape change, coaches changing. And if you see the past now, obviously we have Ezra and we have um, Robin Fraser, right? On that side also is changing, Like right? We see new people in new leadership roles, Gonzalo Pineda, which is important. Because also players look into this. Okay, who's the coach there? Is he like me? Does he think like me? Does he act like me? Will he understand me? And you need that because there's certain aspect of life that if you're not that person, you cannot understand. And it's okay. Nobody's saying that it has to be that way, but also evolution has to happen. Right. And I'm thinking evolution is continuously to happen. That's why for me, when you ask me first, I'm like the title for me when I want it, my mind went to that. Will this inspire other people to, to believe that they can achieve this?
0: Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.
4: Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere, and according to U.S. News and World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.
2: So for you, we have heard you connected with MLS head coaching jobs, and obviously you play in the league, and Mm -hmm. from this conversation and a million other we've had, I know you follow the league very closely. Yeah, uh, We know you're connected with DC United. The rumors have come out about FC Dallas as well. Um, yeah. Is that 100% your future, or are you looking at Europe? Are you looking back at the middle? Are you looking at other places where you've played or are connected to around the world?
3: Oh, obviously, yes, obviously, wherever you've been, you would, you, would, you would love to go back as a coach, maybe to help the game. Me, my next step is MLS. I just mean being honest about it. I foresee my future in MLS. Europe, Europe is more cut, cut truth. MLS is getting more and more cut truth, but Europe is absolutely you see it. It's 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 clear night and day, right? It's clear night and day. Yeah, you can, and the best possible way I can say it is, you look at Patrick Vera.
2: Hmm.
3: All right, don't get me wrong. I love Ateta. I love everything he's doing with Arsenal. Uh, the way he got them playing. Patrick Vieira, who had, who started his career in North America, went back to France, did well to, with France. Arsenal legend. He's working for Crystal Palace. Ateta, who played three, four years for Arsenal, became pep assistant. Good. He get the job.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, well, how do you base that People say experience. Which experience did Ateta have as a head coach? He had that, he had that experience as an assistant. On the pep patrick was a head coach for two teams so how do you base it upon and it's very simple for me because we are, we may not be look like the ones to be in those leadership position people may not be ready for us to be in those leadership positions but we, he proven patrick proven that he can take a team and lead robin Fraser the same the season that colorado is having is unbelievable but who's actually talking about it I know that he, he got over a little bit overshadowed of Bruce. What Bruce did with New England was a, was a magnificent turnaround. Bruce is a proven winner. What he did with New England is a magnificent turnaround from an organization that we all know didn't like to spend money and do all of this. But look now, Bruce turning all around. But to see Colorado was, for me, fantastic. It was just fantastic to watch somebody that like Robin Fraser turn this organization into what they are now. And it took a last-minute goal from my timbers, you know, to to like, to knock him out. But if they had won that game, I do believe they would have won that championship.
2: Yeah, not Gambia. DR Congo from Lurias Maviala. But
1: <laughs> still
2: that African love at the center-back spot. So in listening to what you're saying, and in fairness, I had not thought of it in this exact way. Of You know, Nico Estevez, great experience in the footballing world, but has only been a head coach for three months. He gets the FC Dallas job. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, Pat Noonan connected with Chris Albright, but has never been a head coach. He gets the FC Cincinnati job. Do you feel like that is the the response you're getting from these opportunities is you need more experience?
3: No, 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 no. Uh, People always speak experience. Um, But for me, what is experience? Were we born with the experience? No, experience is what you gain. What people do is like you say. Are you willing to take a risk on somebody that is not you? Pat Noonan has a relationship with Old Brian,
2: mm-hmm.
3: So it's easier. You go for what you know, which for me, I'm okay with. I will never sit and say, oh, there's no. And for me, I always believe in do your work. And whatever you do your work, whatever is meant for you is, is for you. My destiny is already set. I'm figuring out what my destiny is. All these other coaches, their destiny is that what is coming to them. And for that, I'm always going to be happy. I'm always happy for people making it. I'm happy for Pat because Pat is an ex-player who's done well. And I think he's getting a shot, something he always wanted. And it's rightfully so. Go get it, right? Go make a difference with FC Cincinnati because it's a, it's a franchise that truly deserves it. After three years of uh, hardship, you know, hopefully uh, Chris Albright and, uh, and Pat can bring success to that. Right. So for me, I'm I'm never envious of other people reaching their goals because if their goals is to be met, their goals is meant for them. My pathway. That's what I always say. My path is different,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and I'm happy. All I, all I'm saying is for people to get people to understand more how it works, and that's just the reality of it. Right. Let's say if I didn't play with Rob or oh, no Rob, would I've been given the job? You understand what I mean? It's that. Right, that's it. Do I believe that I can do a job? Hopefully so. Hopefully the players and the ownership sees that, right? But for the next steps, it's also good for me to win because everybody wants in the top, you already know it's about results and winning. Nobody care about anything, can you bring us results? Can you be the leader that they're looking for? Right, so for me being associated with the job is great. It's fantastic. So that gives me hope to keep working, right? Keep working. But also, if people want somebody to be in the leadership that it doesn't look like them or feel like them, let's do it for the right reason. You do it because you believe he can make a change on and off the field.
2: Obviously, in asking this question, I'm, I'm clearly curious. Yeah. That's a question faux pas, but I'm going for it anyway. Um, <laughs> we, we've all interviewed for jobs. We've never interviewed to be a manager. Do you show up with reference letters? Do you bring clips of your games? Do you, like, what is the actual interview process for a job like this?
3: For certain people, it's different what they want to see. Um, obviously, people that you work with, the references is always good to have. It's it. But also who you know in the game, who you like who you talk to and what you are about. Because like I say, if you're going to be the leader, it's, it's okay. What kind of leadership qualities do you bring? Uh, how is your philosophy? How do you play? But I will never bring... I never, I've never. i never so far not brought um, a video of things like this. I've never been asked to.
2: And you'd assume they've watched your games, and, and so they should have an idea of, oh, yeah. of what your style is.
3: No, absolutely. I mean, you take a Brian Smetzer, who, who I talk to, who I respect, Jim Curtin, uh who also I talk to... Um, Peter Meech, you know Bob Bradley, who I remember when I was starting as a coach, who invited me into his um, scouting room in like in Swansea, and I still believe if Bob was given time in Swansea, he would have changed that club. I'm I'm, I'm still annoyed that he was viewed a certain way. No, I'm still annoyed because it is the press in England is is like the way they did it for me was very annoying because I was looking at him like. You, and that's the one part in Europe, right? You see that when people want to hold you down, they will hold you down, and they will make fun of you. And then, and it's the narrative that they created. The narrative that they created about Bob was very poor because his assistant was actually black. And then he was driving me back to the hotel, and we were talking about how I knew Bob and all of this stuff. And you see that he truly had passion for Bob. But he was not helped. Bob was not helped in, like in Swansea. That some of the staff didn't 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 even want him there, and when you don't know when you have that, it's 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 sad. But seeing his resume as a coach, why shouldn't Bob succeed? That's what he's a yank because so-called Yanks, the football is not is not English. It's not owned by the English. It's not owned by nobody. So. People like Bob, I thought they didn't give him the deserve justice that he deserved to make a difference because it would have opened doors for Americans. And it did with Jesse Marsh, unfortunately, now getting fired.
2: I think he got stuck in the same thing. His timeline looks very similar to what Bob's is. And and obviously, you talk about the pressure and the cutthroat, but it does feel like there's a little bit of a different view for, for people who come from maybe this region of the world that doesn't have the history of sending coaches to these different clubs.
3: 100% but i think football is about evolution football is about change you know it's 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 like people have this narrative that football is only in europe okay all right the best all the best players goes in europe 100% right you have the epl you have all of this which is fantastic but for me it's about the growth of a person right am i growing where am i am i am i am i, am I challenging myself mm mm-hmm to get better every day? Am I challenging people around me? Obviously, you want to go coach in Europe and all of this stuff, but if my career and my destiny is in MLS, that's what I'm going for. Would that make me happy 100%? Because for me, it's about making change. That's all it is for me. It's not the glory.
2: So you talk about challenging yourself. And we get this question on our show a lot. So I'm going to ask you, and you can ignore it, you can work around it, or you can answer it. Um, The question is always, what's next for Alfonso Davies? And obviously, you've known him since he was a young player. He's the best left back in the world now. Is it playing in an attacking role?
3: Uh, I don't know if the left back is. He's he's one of the best. He's one of the best.
2: Ooh. Okay. I I think FIFA and some of the organizations have put him on the world best eleven. You don't want you don't want him to get a big head?
3: You are on the best eleven, okay. Congratulations. What do you want me to say? He knows he knows what I think of him and he knows that I'm very critical of him.
2: So what's next for him? What's next? Is it playing in a more attacking role? Is it playing at a different club? Is it leading a team and being a captain?
3: I think yes. You can you can put those things down. I think those are the next step for him in his development. Don't forget that he's only 21 years old. He just turned 21 years uh, years ago, uh, a month ago. And that's the one thing that people forget about Fonzie. Fonzie is 21 years old. Fonzie is maturing to a person. (laughs) Fonzie is not that old. And Fonzie left when he was 18. So he's had three years of success, wild success. But the most part that I'm still proud of Fonzi is how humble and how uh, down to earth he is. He hasn't let success get over his head. That tells you a lot about him. So, so where can he go after Bayern? That is a tough question. Where can you go after Bayern? It's one of the best clubs in the league. So where in the world? Where do you go after Bayern? <laughs> where Real Madrid?
2: I have no answer.
3: So for me, if you look at if you look at status name, then it's Bayern Munich. Uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, Real Madrid, Manchester City. Where else can he go?
2: I don't have an answer for it, and we get asked it every once in a while. The one thing I come back to though a little bit is: is he was a winger when he was in Vancouver? Is that has he accomplished becoming an elite fullback, and now it's that's the next challenge, or is no? I think I think he's
3: still. I think the great thing with Fonseca is he's very versatile. Mm -hmm. In the national team, he plays striker, which is good. So that so that teaches him uh, how to play different. So when he's a left-back, he exactly knows how maybe to serve a ball to the striker. That's why the biggest improvement I saw him make was his end product, which we talked about a lot about, which I was always on him. Because when you look at the game against Chelsea, how he skipped through defenders uh, with his agility, with his pace, with his mobility, he was doing at the Whitecaps, but then his final ball will never result into goal. And when he gave that to Lewandowski, it was a great satisfaction because those were the things that we worked on, and he came to life. And he and was, and he came to life with great players. And that was the thing that we were talking about. I'm like, where you going? It's going to be different because you're every day training with world class players, so you're only bound to get better with that high ceiling that he has. And learning from Lewandowski as a striker, being the national team, seeing how damage is. is best when the game when he can face the game. Hmm. So I think he he can he can be immortal as a as a left back for the coming 15, 20 years.
2: The potential there is exciting. Uh, obviously, the reality has been exciting as well, and we've been enjoying following him with you know, of course, in Europe. But what the Canadian national team has done and. Um, the rumors are that the game in, uh, in Hamilton's already sold out against the U S
3: and it should be, it should be. That's, that's where the level of that is the rivalry you want to create that with, with Canada and U S and not only U S with Mexico, that they also know that there's a, there's a country up North, we, the North, like the, like the Canadian slogan, is, we, the North that is also producing players because there's a lot of good players in Canada. It's just because Canada has not had this own domestic league like they have right now with the CPL. So, where you can see young players grow and the league is only two years old. But there's a lot of talents in Canada. There's a lot of, lot of, lots of, lots of, lots of talents that people don't see.
2: What, uh, what's something that you want to see for the CPL in the next two, three, four, five years? What's, What's indications for you that the league is continuing to grow? and that it's on the right path in terms of what it wants to do
3: for me more professionalism which is okay which is normal that you get and that's why i always tell uh, let's let's look into what mls is doing and let's look into what mls has done
1: mm-hmm.
3: because i always say you i always say for something if you want to start something look at the past take the good things from the past bring it into the present so that we can evolve in the future so to see where mls was in 96 to where MLS is now.
2: Even when you showed up in 2013, there, it, was, oh, yeah. it was much further along, but in the last eight years, it, it's wild because, you know, I'm in Portland for MLS Cup and you're thinking back to when Chris Boyd was on the team and when they debuted and it just feels like the league is in a different stratosphere every four or five years.
3: No, I mean, it's, 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 it's huge, it's massive and owners are understanding and the league is understanding for the evolution it has to go through. Uh, Maverick was the first uh, soccer-pacific stadium and now almost everybody has a soccer-pacific stadium and training ground, which is some of the best in the world, some of the best in the world, right? And that's the beauty of America is when they decide to do something, they do it properly, which is a great thing, right? In Europe, if you look at some of the training facilities, they're still old school. They haven't had any upgrades or anything. And now you come to America. And when players see this, you're like, wow. So that's where it is heading. The future of football is going to come to America. Believe it or not.
2: It, it feels that way. And obviously, 2026 is, is an important date that a lot of it's leading up to. Pa, I could do this for five hours. I don't want to do that long. I appreciate you coming. I'll bring you back again next year. Don't worry. Uh, I want to close you out on this, though. You're obviously a fan of the game. You're always watching, and now, with your season off, you have a little bit of time. What's your number one joy of team or player around the world to watch? What is the, you know this game's on, this team's playing, or this person's playing on a weekend, and, and that's the one that you're circling and going to watch?
3: The one game.
2: Team, club, style, coach, whatever it is.
3: Uh, Me, I'm a Liverpool fan. So I've always been a Liverpool fan since since I was eight so for me I try to catch as much as Liverpool games but um, the most fascinating games that I like to watch is actually Liverpool against Leeds because of uh, Marcelo Bielsa and Man City because I think um, I think those three coaches for me I uh, especially Bielsa I enjoy a lot Uh, I enjoy a lot watching him, seeing, seeing what he does, taking teams that don't have success and just and just hit it going, right? Uh, I enjoy watching Pop, uh, Pep and how he how he brought back the love for the game. Like I said, I will call it with that Barcelona play and what the game should look like. And then club, you know, for the way that he's taken his... Mines, Dortmund, and now Liverpool show that uh, you can have success in different club with your beliefs as a human being, which which you always put forward, and then to have success. So those three coaches, I actually enjoy truly totally much watching, and I will always rewatch the games just for learning purposes as well. And um, in MLS, I will, I will always follow the Timbers. I always follow. Follow Whitecaps, but also I watch every other game that is here. Sometimes my wife gets mad at me, because but but every MLS games I watch because for learning purposes for me as well.
2: Yeah, uh, another team coming in next year, so it only makes it harder. Only more games to watch.
3: <laughs> more games, hundred percent, which is great, man. It's a good, it's a great development for me.
2: It, it's going to be an interesting year. Bob Bradley in Toronto. You talked about Bob. I it's still his LAFC teams. The the style they played to me is the best I've ever seen in MLS.
3: Ah, it was one of Ooh. the great. Don't forget Kansas. Huh? Don't 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 forget Kansas. But don't also forget us uh, in 2013. Don't forget us in 2013. In 2013 we played we played we played a very exciting brand of football. But Kansas also Kansas also has been uh, fantastic in the way that they play. Uh, Philly. With uh, Jim Curtin, they also have their own defined style that they played, no matter what. You know, may not always be pleasing or exciting on the eye, but… I
2: don't want to watch theirs as much as LAFC. You're talking about Vela and Rossi and and the ball I know, but You're talking about Philly pressing people off the field.
3: No, but that is also part of the game. You know, that's why I say there's different ways to play and win. But if you look at… Even if you look at um, New England this year, they were very much attacking… New England was very much a title, but LAFC, uh, it's 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 what Bob had there and and got them going, was was obviously one of the best. But also, I enjoy Kansas when Kansas play in their 4-3-3, at times also they can play a good brand of But the LAFC won this. I don't I, they will they will yeah we didn't win the league, <laughs> we didn't win with so many points that they did but. I think the 2013 Portland, if you go back and watch us, we also played an exciting game of football.
2: Yeah. It was it was good. It was Nagby at one of his peaks as well, which was always fun to watch.
3: Nagby, man, Nagby, I don't think people understand how of a great player, but mostly of a person he is. If, if Nagby was a player that was always talking about himself, people would take notice. But he, how humble he is and still do the things that he does, and he's a winner right? Everywhere he's gone, he's won. Any team that he's gone, he's won. And that's remarkable. And every time he leaves, that team doesn't get better. Yeah. So that just tells you, that just tells you how much uh, of a talent he is and how much of he commands in the team when he's in there. And when you look at one of the best midfielders in this league, through the the history of 25 years in MLS, he's up there. Yeah. And I will fight anybody on that.
2: I think there's a lot of people who not only would they be alongside you, but then they would turn and say, Tarrington, play for the U.S. We'd love to have you in the national team to have the things he does in an Azteca. Oh.
3: Nah, he's, 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 he has he has something that, that is very unique. That's why he knows this. And I've always told him that my greatest joy would have been to see him in Europe. Yeah. Because the way that he would have represented America for people to see it well, have been incredible. You can throw him in any team, he can play. And people are saying, ah, maybe I'm being biased. No, I'm speaking out from a footballistic and holistic place when it comes to the game. Darlington, you can chuck him in any team, he will play. That's just, that's just how good of a player he is. And I do believe that everybody that plays around with him or against him, recognise that.
2: He is probably the most technical player that this country has ever produced. And and as you said, in that top 20, or, or top whatever in those 25, 26 years of this league, that, that puts him in there. Oh, yeah. Um,
3: yeah, I'll put him up there. Um, I know people like to speak about stats or like this, but his stats speak for himself. He's a champion. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's right. a champion. He has, he's won everywhere he's been, um, and, and there's no mistake about that.
3: So uh, he won with Portland, he won with Atlanta, and he won with uh, Columbus. And how many, how many players have actually gone to different teams and won in MLS? How many have done? Maybe I think it's two, three. Maybe I believe, it's maybe if I'm not mistaken, I think it's only two or three players that have done it, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think of names right now, and everyone's lost in my head. Kai Kamara's been to a couple finals with different teams. Yeah, games. but finals and
3: winning for me is different. Because ultimately, that's what you remember. And I love Kai.
2: Michael Parkhurst, another guy. Final, but only wins with Atlanta. Exactly. Um, Yeah, that's that's a great question. Okay, well, Pa, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Uh, We're looking forward to next year. We're looking forward to what you put together with Pacific FC. Um, We're looking forward to the future for the CPL and, of course, um, for your future. And obviously, everyone who listens to this show on the show is a big supporter of you and we are excited for what the future may bring. Thank you so much for taking the time and uh, happy new year.
3: Thank you, man. Pleasure is all mine. Oh, it's four people. Sorry. It's four people. Sorry to that because I got to, it's four people. It's Brian Mullen. He won with LA, San Jose and Houston and Colorado. Then it's uh, Craig Weeble with LA, mm-hmm. San Jose and Houston. And then Moreno with LA, Houston, Columbus crew, Ezra, with LA, DC, Columbus, and I think uh, Will Johnson, Darlington, and Will Johnson. So,
2: here's one thing I'll throw out: Weibels is a little different because San Jose became Houston. So while he did win with multiple clubs, the club moved. I don't know that that counts as the same.
3: Oh, it counts because it's a because because it's an expansion. It was looked at as viewed as an expansion.
2: No, but the same club with the same coach and players moved from one city to the other and changed Doesn't their matter name. <laughs> they changed
3: name. They changed name, so it's a new club.
2: <laughs> okay. Fine. That's your distinction. I'm I'm putting it in a different category.
3: Give give the guy something. It's him.
2: <laughs> now, Craig knows. Uh, I'm a fan of his and what he's built. He's a, he's a good guy.
3: So then you put Nike in there and and yeah, and that's that's proper MLS uh, veterans with uh, with with great names in MLS done well for the league and to be up there that is fantastic. Same with Ezra, there is there is a huge one, you know, and him now going into coaching is massive and and is and I hope he does fantastic.
2: We're excited for what he can bring for Chicago. It's a club that needed that that refresh. They needed vision. They needed someone who could kind of guide them. Um, it feels like it's been sort of floating aimlessly in the water and. And obviously, as you said, he has won everywhere he's been, both as an assistant coach, as a USL coach, and as a player, of course. Um, so he seems like the right guy to do it.
3: 100%. Uh,
2: okay. And on that note, send us all your questions. Or You know, you can follow us on Patreon and then join the Discord. You can tweet at us as well, at a football pod and um, at Pamodoka as well. And let us know what you think because we've, we've gone around in this conversation, which I'm very happy about. Um, so let us know what, what you thought and, and if it left you with any burning questions Or any burning thoughts as well Or if you just want to talk about the greatness That is Darlington Magby Alright, that's all for us um, Have a great holidays and we'll talk to you next time